welcome back to the home birth experience. I have been away for a while and we are back with some exciting stories. Today, I am talking to Joy Steiner, who I met when I was in childbirth class to have my own baby. Welcome to the show, Joy. Hi, so good to be here today. Awesome. I'm excited that you were generous enough to share your story with the audience because you have an interesting tale that I am very curious to hear about. Yeah, I love getting to share my birth story and share the journey the Lord has brought us on because it has been quite a journey and changed a lot from our first baby till now. Well, tell us what happened with your first baby. Okay, so we got married and uh, in 2015, and we knew we wanted to have, have children. And then about six months later, I found out I was pregnant and was like, oh no, now what? I really hadn't processed very much about what was going to happen next. <laughs> like, um, So I've told so many girls, I said, think about it before you get pregnant. Think about it even before you get married, before any of that, just think about what you want to do because once you're in the moment it is just really hard to figure out what you want to do that's a really so, good point really good point yeah i've taken so many young girls to our local birth group because i'm like you guys got to think about this i mean they're not married they're not dating nothing and i take them because i'm like if you're interested you need to go hear this stuff because you're never too young to start learning the these details and i wish i would have so that's what i encourage young young ladies so that was that's what happened the day I found out I was pregnant I was like oh no okay so what now what so I called some friends and found out some details and I knew I wanted a natural birth I always knew that so I was thankfully I knew that but I didn't know what the next step was where do I go for that so I decided to go with a local hospital midwife and went in for my first appointment I liked her we you know yeah, it, we clicked. It was fine. And I was under the impression from talking to her that I would be able to be guaranteed a midwife. And so I decided to forego having a doula, even though that was recommended to me. That's my biggest regret for that birth that I didn't hire a doula. People told me I should, but I went and talked to my hospital midwife and was like, cause to me at the time, I'm like, okay, hospital midwife, doula, what's the, what's the difference? Like I thought I was hiring someone who's going to support me in my labor so why do I need a doula? So she said, yeah, she supports you in labor if, if you want that, or she'll be hands off if you want. So I thought I'm good. I have someone there who's going to support me. So I didn't hire a doula, kept going to my midwife appointments. And then of course they had to say, you know, you don't know who you're going to get because of the on-call schedule, which I understood that. But like I said, I was under the impression I could get a midwife. So then my, I go into labor on a um, Wednesday evening and I, we call the, the line, you know, for, um, when, when you go into labor and found out that the OB was on call and I was pretty bummed. And I was like, so I can't get a midwife. And they're like, no, cause that's the on call schedule. And I was like, and I really was okay. The Lord gave me peace at that time. And it was okay because I didn't know much. <laughs> so I go to the hospital and you know, and I thankfully had a very good labor and delivery nurse that was able to help me through contractions, but I quickly realized that the hospital protocol is what's king. And so like, I wanted to labor on the back or sitting backwards on the toilet was my favorite way to labor at home. I go to the hospital and they wouldn't let me be in the bathroom. They wanted me out of the bathroom. Cause they're like, you're not supposed to be in there. Okay. So they made me come back out. 
And, um, and then I wanted, I wanted a water birth, which was another thing I couldn't have with the OB. I had to have one of the midwives because the OB wouldn't do water births. So again, my, my plan was changing. So I wanted to be in the shower. So I went in the shower, but they're like, as soon as you feel the urge to push, you have to come out of the shower. So I went into the shower. I literally, the water hit my belly and I had like contraction, like pushy, you know, kind of feeling. So they made me get out. And so I go back into our room and they check me and they're like, you don't, you're not progressed enough. And I was feeling pushy and had, they kept trying all these different positions and they, I said, that was the worst part (laughs) was not being able to push when I had that um, reaction. My body was wanting to push. And one thing that I should say, we did take a natural childbirth class before all this. And it was very helpful. It wasn't just one of the hospital. This is what we're going to do to you classes. They did talk about natural childbirth and we were able to process what we wanted. So that was very helpful. So I have to say that. And in that class, they talked about how most pain in life is negative. When you break your arm, when you have to get stitches, you know, whatever it's negative, but in childbirth, it's a positive pain. And I remember seeing this positive sign, negative sign on the the hospital bed of like, you know, making it go up and down. But I focused on that positive symbol and was like, this is positive. This is positive. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me during that time. But then I, I was progressed enough. They checked me and they said, you know, I could deliver the baby. So they flipped me over on my back and I delivered on my back um, with the, and then the OB came in and delivered the baby. And, um, you know, that's just the most surreal feeling uh, to have your baby. I still have movies and I'm like, I cannot believe this. This is my baby laying on my chest. Uh-huh. And I, uh, they checked and I had ripped, I don't remember now, I think third degree tearing. So then I had to be sewed up and, you know, that was a harder recovery because of having to be sewed up. So yeah. that's kind of the the first baby and everything went well. He was healthy. He nursed right away you know, there was no other really issue from that point of view. And overall, it was a pretty good birth. Um, For a first, I went, it was six hours from my first contraction to when he was born. So for a first, that is really amazing. Even with everything that didn't go the way I wanted it, I can't say it was a bad experience. So that I'm very grateful for that. So looking back on your first birth, you said you would have hired a doula. Mm -hmm. Would you still have had your first in the hospital? Yes. Yes. I was, I was not near ready like for that at that time. Like, it's just interesting. Like I said, the journey the Lord brings you on is yeah. yeah. I had wanted to go to a local birth center, but the Mm -hmm. birth center is only for Amish and uh, Mennonite. And so I couldn't go there. And so then I felt like my only option was having a hospital birth. I knew um, my cousin had home births in a different state. That was a different state. And I knew one friend who had had a free birth. But other than that, I didn't really know anybody who had had something, you know, like I wanted to do. I wasn't at all like where I would be okay with doing a free birth. So that wasn't an option to me. So yeah, I just felt like there wasn't any other option. So that's where I went. Plus, I don't think I would have been ready for a home birth at that point in my life. So it's... Okay. Interesting. (laughs) You said something very profound. You said, I took a natural childbirth class, not the hospital class where they tell you what they're going to do to you. Mm -hmm. 
and that, you know, it just struck me because that is what a hospital class is. When you think yes. about it, it is a class of them telling you, this is our protocol and this is what we're going to do to you. And isn't that just amazing that that's our culture mm-hmm. and that women don't know, so many women don't know that there's another option. And that's what saddens me. And that's the whole reason for this podcast is because I want women to know there are options. And if you feel safe in the hospital, like you said, you weren't there yet for your first, um, then that's great. Everyone should birth where they feel the most comfortable, but they should know that they could take a class other than the hospital class. They mm-hmm. can have a doula if they want to have a doula. They can have a doula come to the house. And it sounds like you labored at home with your first for a while. I did. Yeah. I had been recommended not to labor at home too long because you have to do the fetal monitoring when you get to the hospital. So you don't want to be like in extreme pain and have to lay there in that bed for the 30 minutes of fetal monitoring. So I tried to keep that in mind. So I was definitely in labor when we went, but I wasn't like, you know, in super bad pain. It still was not fun having to lay there for that 30 minutes of fetal monitoring, but it wasn't awful. And so from that aspect, if you're going to the hospital, I think that's good advice. Not going too soon because other things can happen if you go too soon and you're not ready. But yeah, so I did labor at home. I'd have to go back now and look exactly how many hours it was at home. I'm thinking like four. I had labored at home, but that's kind of a guess. I don't know. It's been a little while ago. (laughs) Yeah. So you said the whole labor was six hours. Mm -hmm. Looking back on it, I always like to ask my clients this after they have their baby and they say, oh, it was only, you know, this many hours. Could you say that you had like early labor that wasn't noticeable before that six hours? Or was it like you noticed nothing and then all of a sudden, boom, I noticed it and it was six hours? I was having like Braxton Hicks for weeks before that, but they were all not that bad, never went anywhere, you know? So for that first hour of that, I didn't know for sure if I was actually in labor or not, because it was not, it wasn't like a boom, I know I'm in labor, but then in hindsight, like, I mean, I know that's when it started, but no, I wasn't having any contractions. Like, I don't think so. I mean, I should go back. I was at 41 weeks that day that he was born. And so I had gone to the OB earlier in the day and they did a non-stress test and they could tell I was having contractions like on the machine, they could see it, but I wasn't feeling them. Like they weren't bad enough. I could feel them until that four o'clock PM when they, when I started, like I said, I thought they were racks and hicks again. And then it did progress though. So. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. so many people, especially first time moms, they'll ask me, well, when do I call you? How do I know? And my answer is always the worst. You'll know when to call me. And that does not give them any reassurance at all. And it drives them crazy. But the truth is, and I guess you can attest to that, you know, you know, it, it something is different and you know, this is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. One thing I should say too, about my first birth that I think played in a ton as to how it went was how much labor and contractions play hormones and fear and everything play into whether your, your contractions progress or not. And I was not fearful, like at all. I was very much um, trusting in the Lord and was very peaceful through all that. And I think that that plays in a huge part as to why things went so well. It doesn't mean that every time something went awry, that there was, that was the reason. But I think for me, that played in a huge reason why it went so quickly and smoothly 
So I always tell moms, that's where information knowledge is key to being peaceful and trusting. I always tell people that God did not make any mistakes in his design. His design is perfect. And there are, we are human, right? And so there are times that we have that variation of normal and we need medical help. But for the most part, his design is perfect and we don't need any interventions. And when you are confident in that and you're confident in what your body can do, that I think allows you to let go of fear and to relax. I'll never forget... um, My old preceptor, my teacher becoming a midwife, always told clients, every contraction that you tense up through is a contraction you have to do over. And every contraction you relax through is one that brings you closer to meeting your baby. Mm. And I find that to be so true. Hmm. That's a really, I'll have to remember that to tell other mamas that because that's a good, good way to put it. Okay, so it sounds like your first birth, I mean, uh, like if we're looking at the whole spectrum, went really well for a first time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, in the moment too, other than I tore, like it really wasn't that bad. Like I was like, you know, I thought it went pretty good. When you hear stories from other people, I thought I went well. So that was no problem. And then the more I learned, I was like, some of that could have gone way better, which is just interesting. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can definitely empathize with that. Uh, Okay. So let's hear about your second. Okay. Then I got pregnant with our second and was like, this time I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to hire a doula because I was like, we're not going to have that same experience again. And because I found that yeah, the, just the biggest thing is I couldn't guarantee he was going to be there. I decided to go back to the same hospital midwife, but I couldn't guarantee that I was going to have her. So I decided to hire a doula. So I started checking in to different doulas in our area and got a list of different ones and interviewed one was like, I don't think she's a good fit. Interviewed a second one, which actually was a acquaintance of mine from years before, but we just, we didn't know each other very well and interviewed her and our biggest hang up was I didn't want the doula to replace my husband. And that was again, another reason why I didn't pick one for my first birth. So we interviewed her and we talked about that. And she said how freeing it can be for the husband to have a third person because they have no idea what to do. They want to support us, but they don't know what to do. And she said, one of the jobs of a midwife is to make, not a midwife, I'm sorry, a doula is to make the dad look good and to encourage him what to do, because they don't know, like, what other things to try, Never, you know, and my, okay, my husband did it one other time, but you know, it's not, he hasn't taken any classes, he was very supportive, but he doesn't know what other things might work, so having a doula who can encourage him to know what to do, and you know, and you can tell her, if you want her to be the support person, that's great, or you can have her encourage your husband, and so that really was helpful to me, kind of turned a light bulb on, it's like, okay, we want to hire a doula, so we hired the doula and another fun thing in our, in our town where our hospital was, they had a doula. Oh, I got a scholarship. You could get money towards your doula. So I was like, that even helped, you know, push yeah. us in that direction. And it wasn't to cover it all, but it, it helped. So it was like any, any money helps. So that was else that also helped. So we hired her. And so we started meeting, you know, throughout my pregnancy 
So then uh, it was a Monday morning. I woke up, went to the bathroom, came back and was like, felt this small gush and was like, okay, my water, I think my water broke, but I'm not sure. So I laid down and I was looking online, you know, and they said, if you lay down and then you get back up and it happens again, it probably is because the the ambiotic fluid had kind of pooled and, and then it, when you stood up, it would come out. So that's what happened. So I was like, okay, I think my water broke. So we called the hospital midwife again. And another interesting thing was I had tested positive for group B strep. So mm -hmm. I had to go through that whole, you know, mental process of, am I going to get the antibiotics? Am I not? And we had decided that we were just going to get them. So that meant that I needed to go in early instead of, you know, waiting and laboring at home to sort start the first round of antibiotics. And because I went so fast with my first baby, they were like, you got to come in soon. Cause if you cut it in half, like the normal, that's three hours, Joy, you have to get there. So we uh, left, left home, got to the hospital, got there, checked in. They, the nurse checked me and she checked me and she checked me. And I was like, what's going on? And she's like, did they say anything to you about your baby being breached? And I was like, no, he was head down on Thursday. So this is Monday, Thursday, his, he was head down and like in my pelvis. And so she's like, well, I'm pretty sure he's, foot, I'm feeling feet that he's footling breach. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, so I said, my first thing was like, I still want to talk to my midwife. So they get her on the phone and, and told me she was saying, you know, you're going to have to have a C-section. And so they brought the ultrasound machine in, made sure, yep, he was footling breach, feet down. And so that meant I was going to have to have a C-section. So the midwife didn't even come in. The OB came in and talked to me, you know, did all the things. You know, and I'd eaten on the way to the hospital because I was like, no, they're not going to let me eat when I get there. So I'm, I'm eating granola bars and, you know, whatever on the way there. So I had to do the nasty drink to, you know, neutralize your stomach because of having to have a C-section. So he, the doctor, you know, the OB came in, talked to me. And so we start heading down the hall. To, oh, I should say my doula came in right about the time we were finding out that we were having a C-section and she was just really helpful to help us process this, that, you know, just a peaceful presence that, you know, things are okay, you know, took some pictures of us in our hats and you know, all that. <laughs> and uh, so then we start, I start walking down the hall. They let me walk down to the OR and I told the OB, I'm like, sew me up good. Cause I'm having a V back next time. And he, he laughed and he's like, Oh, we'll see. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like we're, I'm having a V back next time. So we, you know, go through the, the process and, um, yeah, it, it went, you know, standard. I had the, you know, the screen up in front of me for the C-section, but I could see up in the reflection of the light, like when they pulled him out and it was just enough. I didn't want to see everything, but I could see just enough, you know, to see him pulled out and, and then they put him up on my chest and I held him for a little bit, but I got to the, like the shakes really bad. And so from that, so I asked my husband to take him because I was just so tense from afraid I was going to drop him that they took him back to our room and they finished sewing me up. And then I went back to the room and yeah, I'm very thankful for uh, modern technology when we need it. And I've learned since that possibly the reason why he flipped and I think it really helped my, my, like just me processing that. And cause I always knew the Lord was in control, had no problem with that. 
but it was also very inconvenient <laughs> like to have to have a C-section and you get the referred pain and, you know, all the healing and just all that stuff that I had to deal with. And, and not that long ago, I took that son to the chiropractor and she noticed that he has a very high palate and some other things. And she thinks that he, his cranial bones were not lined up correctly in utero. And so when his head went down to get the cervix, the, or against the cervix, his body knew that something's not right. So that's why he flipped at such a late time because it's rare for them to flip like, you know, at, you know, it was 39 weeks or something. So we don't know, but she thinks that that's why, because if he would have been born head first, it's possible that the cranial bones, since they weren't lined up correctly, could have caused him some brain damage. So she said, you know, C-sections can sometimes save lives. So I don't know, like it's, it's one of those things we probably won't know, but it's, it was also like, wow, you know, that's why possibly why the Lord allowed that to happen. So that was interesting. A neat, different perspective. Yes. Very interesting. So when they checked you, did they tell you how far dilated you were? They never did. So I honestly don't know. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, because I have heard so many stories of they check and they're fully dilated, but they're breached. So they take them to the OR instead of them letting them have a vaginal breach. And even just saying letting them have, you know, know. The language around things is just incredibly uh, inconvenient that that we even say these these words of allow and let it's it's our body and we can do what we want with it. Right. Yeah, I highly doubt that I was fully dilated because my contractions were very minimal at that point because my water broke and we went to the hospital because of needing to get the antibiotics for group B strep. So I don't think I was that progressed versus if I hadn't known, you know, and had labored at home longer, that could have been the case. But yeah, I don't, I was able to sit there, you know, calmly sit there while they were checking me and stuff and not, you know, and for my other birds, I haven't been able to do that when I was progressed. So I think that, it was at the beginning. So, so knowing me. what you know now, and you've come along and you've had home birth and you've met other people and heard other stories. If you had been given the option to deliver breach vaginally, would, do you think you would have chosen that? Oh, I would have. Cause that was one of the reasons I wanted to talk to my midwife, like on the, you know, like to see what she thought first, because I, I would have at that stage, I had learned enough that I knew, you know, vaginal births were the best if possible. So I would have, if they would have let me, but it wasn't an option. So it never was like, it would never have been on my mind to check myself out. Like I've heard some people do like at that point in my, you know, journey, that would never have been even my, you know, thought to do that at that, at that time. Yeah. But it was when I started thinking about home birth, it was a question on my mind, like, okay, what do you do with their breach? You know, like all the questions because I had experienced a lot of these things. Yeah. So you had mentioned that your doula said that men don't know what to do and they help them look good and they help them know what to do. Did you find that to be true? Well, it's really funny because I had the same doula for three three births and she's laughed because she's like but I haven't really got to support you in labor just because of how things went because the first time that she I had her was when we ended up with a c-section so that was different and then my next two or my next one which was a home birth she ended up being out of town 
And she asked, you want a backup doula? And I said, no, it's okay. Like I have two midwives. I don't think I have to have another person. So anyway, so she wasn't here. And then the, the last one, she was here, but it's just a little different having a doula at home versus at the hospital because they're more of a birth assistant maybe than maybe a doula. So it's hard for me to exactly answer that from personal experience, from hearing other people that they say, you know, it really makes dad look good. You know, them being able to tell him where to push, you know, just all the different things. But so that's, I, I don't, yeah, don't want to mislead because I don't actually know from personal experience. She was very helpful in leading up to the birth, like talking through things and stuff, but it, it's just a little different. Yeah. But my midwives are also doulas, you know, for at the hospital. So they were kind of a doula. So, you know, that can play in as well. Yes, definitely. Let's see. So how long ago was your second birth? Uh, okay. Four years ago. Four years ago. Okay. Three. Just turned four. <laughs> Aww. And I think we were talking about if you had known what you know now, you, or even then you were wanting to do a vaginal birth with breach. It just wasn't an option for you. Yeah. I definitely hadn't done much research about it, but I, I had heard, you know, you can have breech births and there are some hospitals that will allow you to. So I definitely, it was something I asked about. That's why I wanted to talk to my midwife, not just, you know, the people in the room, but you know, they said that's not an option. So it was, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't like a, a big deal at the time. I was just like, okay, that's what, that's what I got to do. I don't have a choice <laughs> though. I thought it was sad that they didn't allow that choice, I guess. Yeah. And then we were just recapping on the doula and she wasn't able to come and she kind of jokes about how she doesn't, wasn't really that much help, but I think you had yeah, said, well, I should say, she just says, I've been your doula. Well, the, she said that, but after my third, she's like, I've been your doula two times and I still haven't been able to support you in labor <laughs> and, <laughs> because it was funny just how it went. Like, but like I said, she was very helpful in the preparing and the mental side. It just wasn't so much like in the moment of labor because of just how things went, which was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you said something that I thought about because a lot of people asked me, ask me when they are interviewing me to be their home birth midwife, they say, do you have people hire doulas? And what do you think about that? And you said something very similar. You felt like doulas maybe were more served better in the hospital. And I kind of, Go ahead. I, I've had some um, friends who have had home births and they had doulas and, and for them, doulas were amazing because they labored with them for a lot more hours. I've have, I have two friends who just had home births within the last year that labored for a good amount of time before their midwife came. And for them, a doula was amazing. So I wouldn't necessarily say they're not necessary just in my case, because things went so quickly and I had midwives who are also doulas who basically did that kind of a thing as well. It maybe wasn't quite as necessary in my case. They were more of kind of like just assisting, but I think it was really good to have someone else here to help grab things and, you know, whatever was needed, but yeah. it maybe wasn't quite as, it's just a different role, I guess I should say. But like I said, some friends of mine, they were there for, you know, 12 hours previous to the midwife coming. So for them, that was a very big blessing to have a doula. So I think for a first time birth, whether at home or at the hospital, I would recommend a doula. Then after that, I mean, you can kind of decide for yourself, but I think it, 
that's what I would do if I could go back and redo anything from my first birth. Yeah, I think you're right. For the first birth, it is helpful, especially because you have absolutely no idea what labor is going to be like. I mean, you right. don't you don't know if, even if it's your sixth baby, you don't know what that particular labor is going to be like. But at least you know what it feels like and how you know. There's just so many things that are unknown the first time that I think having that doula as that extra support and advocate is helpful. But like I tell my my clients, we we don't serve as a doula, but we are there to help comfort you, you know? So it is a very different role for a doula at home. Another thing I think that plays in a big time with having a doula when you're at the hospital is when you, you don't have the phone number of your OB or your mid, you know, your hospital midwife, where you can text them when you have a question. And so having someone, you have their number that even if they don't know the answer, they probably know someone who does because they're in that community. And some place you can go when you need help, I think is a huge benefit to having a doula. Now, when you, with a home birth midwife, at least with mine, I had their numbers. I could text them when I had a question. I could call them, you know, when you're postpartum by 12 hours and are like, what do I do? You know, or even, even 36, you know, after you'd be home from the hospital, having their number was just so invaluable. So that's a big part of think of having a doula at the hospital, no matter which birth it is that you have that person in your corner that you can trust because postpartum is just not talked about enough, like in our culture and how, how they call it the fourth trimester. And it's so true because there's so many things that are happening in your learning during that time. So you need that support and you don't have that until your six week appointment, you know, yeah. when you're going to a hospital midwife and that's just how the system is. I'm not trying to down hospital midwives because they're wonderful too, but it's just, it's just a different system. They can't give their number to everybody when they're, when right. they're seeing that many people. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your third birth. Tell us about that. Okay, so I got pregnant. I found out I was pregnant in, let's see here, April of 2020. And the next week, COVID changed the US. So I was like, this is an awful time to be pregnant. I would not have picked this if I had a choice, you know, but it's like, well, Lord knows. So we started, I, I mentioned it one time to my husband in like May, I said, if this keeps going like this, I'm thinking about a home birth. And he was not a fan. He was like, wow. He's like, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. It's just too risky. So I, but we started hearing all these stories from hospital births of, I mean, people we know who their baby was taken away for 48 hours because the mom tested COVID, tested positive for COVID. And then it was, a, you know, a false positive and she didn't have her baby. And then they had problems nursing because they didn't see each other for the first 48. I mean, just crazy people having to labor in masks, you know, the husband coughs. And so they make him leave. I mean, all these things that we're like, we're not, we do not want to be part of that, but we also knew we had some time. I wasn't due till November. So we were, you know, trying to decide and we're like, oh, COVID's going to blow over. You know, we don't have to worry about it. So we, I mean, I contacted my doula right away, said, you know, mark your calendar for November and decided though, I wanted to switch OBs because I was like realizing I really need to pick my provider by the OB, not just the midwife, because both other times I got the OB, not the midwife that I had picked. So I wanted to go somewhere where I would connect well with the OB as well. So I had friends who had gone to a different OB 
in our town and in the midwife. And I still wanted a midwife, but I realized I needed to pick for both, not just one. So I was proactive and decided to switch practices and went to a different OB and midwife. So I go into for my first appointment and I, like I had said, I was doing a VBAC. So I go in and I told him I want to have a VBAC and I had done lots of research. I mean, I was only, I think a month postpartum and I went to a meeting at the hospital about being a VBAC. Cause I was like, I am going to, I was like, I'm doing a VBAC. What can I do to make this happen? A friend of mine told me about massaging my scar, my C-section scar after it, you know, it healed. And because all the layers on top of each other, you know, when they're fused because the scar tissue, they're not sliding correctly. So that causes pain. And so I started doing that as soon as I could. And I think that made a huge difference. I've never had pain in my C-section area other than maybe it's a little bit more itchy, but that makes sense because of the scar tissue and stuff. Not extreme, but just a little bit more. Uh, so I knew I wanted a VBAC. I went in, they said I was a perfect candidate for having a VBAC because I had already had a vaginal birth and, you know, I, it was a typical C-section. I didn't have any complications, but they still had to give me this paper that lay out all of the, I'll say quote unquote risks of having a C-section after having a cesarean. And so it is really hard to sign that paper. Because I said, even though I went in there armed with all this knowledge that the chances of something else going wrong was way higher than a my uterus rupturing during labor, it is still really hard to sign that paper because it's like you're signing your baby's life away is what it feels like having to sign that. And I can understand why a lot of mamas just can't sign that paper because it was hard. And I went armed with all this knowledge and research I had done. So I, I have to say that I'm not downing anybody who decides to just keep doing the C-sections because I understand that's a really hard decision. But I knew I wanted that because in the big picture, it's safer to do um, more like a VBAC than to have multiple C-sections on top of each other. Yep. So if you're, especially if you're getting into, you know, more numbers. So I said, I signed the paper and they were fine with it. They still host hospital protocol. I had to sign the paper. The other thing I found out was I wasn't allowed to do a water birth because that's again, hospital protocol. You can't do water births if you were a VBAC, which stands for virginal, vaginal birth after cesarean. I just throw that around and then realize not everybody knows what that stands for. <laughs> Good. So, um, so, we, so anyway, we start heading through the summer and things really aren't changing much in the U.S. You know, you know, things are getting a little better, but still hearing stories from the hospital. So I, my doula came over and we went on a walk with my older two. And I was asking her questions about home birth because I knew she had had home births. And I said, okay, if I'm going to decide to have a home birth, when do you think I need to decide by? And she said, mm, probably because I was due in November, probably like late September, early October, you really need to decide that that was probably like the you know, had to know by then to find, and I didn't have a clue where to find a midwife. That was part of the problem. I was like, I don't know. I've heard of a few, but either they're, you know, they're older now. They're, you know, it just, I didn't know where to find one that I was comfortable with. So I, uh, so I'm like, okay. So all through that summer, I'm like keeping my ear to the ground, like hearing stories from the hospital. I was going to deliver at what happened because what they can say one thing and do a complete other. So I wanted to hear what happened at the hospital I was going to. So throughout the summer, um, yeah, I was doing that August comes and I had to be at the OB's office for an hour long gestational diabetes test. So I'm sitting there and this, which I'm like now, I'm like, but that's what I was doing. So I'm sitting in the office for the hour 
in the lobby waiting for my blood draw. And this couple comes in with a very young baby. And I was like, there we go. I'm going to talk to them. So they come out from their appointment and I said, oh, excuse me, like, could I ask you some questions? And, and we joke about this because I say a very young couple and they were wearing masks. So it's kind of hard, you know, to tell. And then later I met them and found out they're like in their, their late thirties, early forties. And they're like, yes, that young couple <laughs> who I met in, in the OB office, but they come over. And so I'm talking to them. I said, I just wanted to ask some questions about your experience delivering here at the hospital. Cause obviously you have a new baby. And they said, well, actually we had a home birth. And I'm like, really? okay. Cause I didn't know that my OB and midwife I was seeing did what now I know is called as co-care seeing a hospital midwife for prenatals. And I'm like, really? And they said, yeah, we were just coming in for them to sign the paper for the birth certificate that they had seen the baby or me pregnant and then the baby afterwards. I'm like, really? And the husband's there. So I said, could you tell me what made you okay with having a home birth? Because that was our, you know, big hangup was my husband wasn't so sure about it. And he said, well, the two things that were his biggest reasons he was okay with having a home birth was number one, his wife could do whatever felt comfortable to her during labor. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Like, remember my first birth, two things I wanted to do and they wouldn't let me do. And because of hospital protocol, and he said, the other thing was taking their midwife's childbirth class. And once they learned about how birth is and how God has created our bodies to do this. And it's not an emergency in most situations. He said, I was fine with having a home birth. So I left the off. Oh, and I said, what's your, well, who was your midwife? And they said, Karen E. And I leave the there. I call my husband. I'm so excited. I I'm telling him all about it. Like what they said. And, and um, yeah, just super stoked about it. Yeah. So we talked about it some more and my, my doula was supposed to come over the next week and we were going to go on a walk again. And I, I told, called her and said, is there any chance we can move it to a day? My husband can be here so that we can talk through some of this stuff. So she's like, yeah. So she came over and we sat and talked and I said, okay, I want to hear all the pros and cons, like the pros of doing a VBAC at the hospital, the pros of doing it at home, the cons of doing a VBAC at the hospital, you know, versus at home. So she went through and just told us all this you know, the pros and the cons of having them, uh, you know, having one at home. And, and we listened to her and we're like, that all makes sense. Like, we think we want to possibly have a home birth. So we said, okay, what's the next step? And she's like, I think you need to go to birth meeting at Karen E's house. (laughs) And I was like, hold on. Like, is this the same person? Yes, it was. It was the same midwife that I had met this couple at the OB office. So that was pretty cool how that worked out. So we went to, uh, well, I should say this, our doula couldn't go that night to birth group. So she set it up for us to ride with another local birth worker. His name is Millie. So we get there and I'd grown up with Millie's husband. So I knew her husband, but never had met her. So we go to her house, meet in her driveway, you know, like, hi, you know, and, uh, reunion with her husband and we leave, go to birth groups the whole way there, peppering her with questions, all these questions. And get there and we set at Karen's house where she has a monthly birth meeting and it is the coolest thing. Highlight of my month to get to hear birth stories and ask questions, whether you're having a hospital birth or a home birth. And she uh, has been doing this for, I I gotta do the math, at least 40 years, not 50 years she's been doing it. And so it was really cool to be able to hear all of her experiences. And 
yeah, I, I was the one sitting there like, okay, what do you do if they're group B strep? What do you do if there's a breech baby? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And the meeting went very long that night. And I went home and was like, I didn't realize it went that long. And then in hindsight, it went long because of me. <laughs> I, was, I was the one asking all the questions, which was good, but it's just, that was the reason it went so late because yeah. I was asking all the questions. So that was it. So on the way home, we were talking about it and we were like, we want, we want to do a home birth. And for me at that time, I really needed the years of experience that Karen had. I just, I needed that like to know, and I could tell people, cause that was my other big hangup was I have to be okay with telling other people, this is what I'm doing. And if something goes wrong, I've got to be okay with that as well. Like I have to process that. And mm -hmm. it, it is one of my big pet peeves of people saying they were trying to have a home birth and the baby died. It's, that's not, when do you ever say they were trying to have a hospital birth and the baby died? It's life. I mean, I don't, I, I don't like that, but it's, it happens. And, and that's, yeah, it's just a part of life birth yeah, can yeah. have its risks. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. uh, so, but I needed to get to that point where I was okay with that. So I was, uh, but I needed that. I needed Karen's years of experience, but she lives a little distance from me. And, uh, Millie, this other birth worker who was a doula, but also was attending birth. Some lives five minutes from me. So I said, so we decided to have if our birth team would be Millie, who's five minutes from me, because remember, I go fast. Like, I was like, I don't, you know, you got to know you're in labor before you call everybody. And then if they have that far of a drive, they might not make it. So she was going to be, you know, five minutes away. And then um, our doula and, and then Karen was going to be the other person at the birth. So then that was like, okay, pivot. Now we got to decide what, how does this all look? What all do I need? I'm very type A. So like, I need the list. I need what I need to get, you know, what, you know, what am I supposed to do? And I decided to do a online childbirth class that Millie and Karen do together. And uh, <clears throat> this was 2020. They decided to do an online one. Something person was harder. And so I did that class for six weeks with them and learned so much. Like I was just blown away by all the information, even though I had taken a, I say good natural childbirth class previously, th theirs was so much more in depth. It being a series instead of just one day. So that was, um, started that. And then I had to decide what I was going to do. If I was going to keep going back to my OB for checkups or transition to seeing uh, my midwives for prenatals. And it was, it was kind of a hard decision. I don't even know why exactly, but it was just mentally difficult to decide that. And we ended up deciding I was just going to see my midwives for my prenatals instead. There really wasn't anything else they had to do test-wise. I mean, they'd already done everything, blood work, ultrasound, you know, gestational diabetes, you know, go down the list, all those things had already been done. So I decided to just switch to seeing them. And in hindsight, that was the best decision that I could have made because okay. I'm, I was a VBAC. So I didn't know this till after I went over my due date, but it's very common for first-time VBACs to go over their due date because they say it's like their body has to refigure out what's going on or something. So I, um, yeah, so I got to my 20, 20, is it 27 weeks or 28 weeks, whenever they say you can have a home birth in Ohio. And I was so excited. I'm like, I made it so I can have my home birth. But then 40 weeks came and went and no baby. And you know, <laughs> I'm 41 weeks came and went and no baby. And I was like, you know, at that point you are so ready. 
And that's where hindsight, I am so grateful. I wasn't at the hospital or going to the hospital midwife because I know I would have been getting so much pressure to induce, to induce, to induce, or, you know, whatever. And I never had that emotional strain other than some people were telling my husband that like, are you sure this is a good idea? But thankfully they weren't telling me. So I'm very grateful. I didn't have to have that emotional stress mm-hmm. during that, you know, hard time anyway, where it's just really hard to be waiting. So then uh, fast forward. So I was doing middle of November and people are like, oh, maybe you'll have a December baby. And I'm like, I better not. Well, (laughs) you know, as the month goes on, I'm like, we may have a December baby. And, you know, you feel like this baby's never going to come. Like, and it's so unrealistic, but it's what you feel like never going to come. So it was Thanksgiving came and that's where my doula was out of town because she wasn't expecting the baby to wait that long. And so she had scheduled to be out of town. And I said, no, it's fine. You don't need to hire another, you know, replacement doula because I have both my midwives. It'll be fine. So we get, yeah, through Thanksgiving, still no baby. I had the day off from cooking. My mother-in-law's like, you don't worry about it. <laughs> so <laughs> I was relaxing Thanksgiving from that perspective. And so Saturday night, uh, we, which was the, I'm sorry, the 28th of November, which was nine days over my due date. Uh, I was again, like, okay, baby, what's going on. And I, we had this started this tradition with that pregnancy that every night I would lay in bed and we would watch a show and my husband would give me a back massage. It's a wonderful tradition. Like for those couple, especially the end, like that last week where you're like, so sore. So I'm, I lay down, I'm laying in bed. And he's giving me my back massage and I get a really hard contraction. I'd been having Braxton Hicks, but nothing like hard, like hard. And I was like, okay, I think something's going on. So we turn the show off and we're like, we got to get some sleep. So turn the light off, lay down. And they're too hard. Like I can't sleep. I'm just like fidgety all over the place. So I said, we got to call them. So I, I called them and start getting things you know, ready in the house for that, you know, putting the sheet on the bed, the plastic sheet on the bed. And uh, I didn't know where I wanted to deliver. The only thought I had was I didn't want to be on my back. And I thought I probably wanted to labor on the toilet because I really liked that with my first birth. And so we got things ready and Millie showed up and, and I'm just walking around the house. I'm very much a talker. So I'm just like talking through contractions and And now Millie told me afterwards, there was a point where I'm just being real Gabby. And then I was quiet and she's like, I think it's time we move over to, to the, cause to the area where we were going to deliver at. And so I said, okay. And at that time, she didn't say that to me then, but since she's like, you are hitting transition. So we go and I get in the shower and we had like a walk-in handicap shower. So I'm in there and, uh, laboring and she's like, Joy, do you feel like you're ready to push? And I'm like, no. I said, why? And she's like, well, you sound kind of pushy. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and the other kind of funny thing is I'd said, I wanted pictures of my birth and then proceeded to be in the shower the whole time. So I was like, well, that birth, I have no pictures. <laughs> but, so I'm in the shower and she could tell by the outside, the sounds I was making. So she's like, well, start when you, when you're feeling pushy, like just start, like just doing nudge pushes, just little pushes, like into your heels. And another thing I should mention is that I had one, I decided I didn't want to be checked unless I needed to be. I said, I don't want to be checked this time. So, so they haven't checked me at all. So she said, um, start doing just little nudge pushes if you feel like, like that. And 
So then give it a little bit and Karen showed up. And so I'm still in the shower and I just got this strong contraction. It was like my body was pushing without me and my water broke like in the shower. And it was just like, it was the first time I'd felt that just like just doing it by my, you know, by itself yeah. and so my water broke. And so they got me down. One thing, my legs were really cramping. They were really tight. And I was like, I don't think I can do any kind of squat position. My legs were just too tight. And so they turned, they had, well, the water was still on cause I was wet, but they sat me down in the corner of the handicapped shower. And my husband was on this side and I, I was holding his hand in the grab bar from the handicapped shower on this side. And I was kind of in the corner with my feet up against the other side. And uh, we joked that Millie came to my house for a shower because she got one <laughs> she <laughs> down in the water with me. And uh, yeah, so I got down and once I sat down, like the contractions kind of went away and I was like, Oh, do I need to get back up? Like to keep things progressing. And they're like, well, let's give it a moment. And it was kind of cool how the, my, you know, my body just gave me a little break after I sat down and then the contractions came back and full force. And I, I was, you know, pushed out the head and then, you know, the ring of fire pushed out the head. And then she just was there until my next contraction and the baby rotated and out, out, she came the rest of the way and found out we had a little girl. We had two boys first and then, um, and she was our first little girl. So that was really exciting. And it was so cool to take what I learned in childbirth class and ex like experience it. I hadn't, you know, like the whole, like the head comes out and then the, ba the baby turns and comes the rest of the way. I never knew that for my first. Uh, so that was really neat to experience that. So they put her up on my chest and the, the, I said, okay, what do we have to do, you know, to get the placenta delivered? And Millie's like, well, give, give like a couple guttural coughs. And so I, I do a couple of coughs and she says, Hey, Karen, can you give me the dish, the, the bowl back here? And so she gets the bowl and she puts it down and poof. There's the, and I was like, you couldn't have timed that much better. Like there was the placenta. Like it was like, bam. So that was kind of funny how that, how that wow. went. So we got, they took the baby in the bowl to the other room and I got <laughs> like showered. I cleaned myself off a little bit and, um, got dressed and then went over and yeah, got to nurse her for the first time. And they showed me my placenta. I'd never seen my placenta for my other. So it was fascinating to me to, to see it. And they explained, they were like, I think you had a little too much calcium, uh, which plays into something I'll tell for the next birth uh, because of it was kind of calcified. And yeah, it was just really neat. I, I said, I love being there in bed in my own house, like just relax in bed with my baby and then I was like, guys, oh, my first question was, is it a boy or girl? Second question when she was born was, did I tear? Because I was like a little psycho about this whole, I don't want to tear thing. And yeah. they checked and they're like, yeah, you did tear a little bit. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go to the hospital to get stitched up. And, and they're like, well, these are your options. They laid out their options. It's like, it's not a horrible tear. You can do natural things at home, which I didn't even know was a thing. Or you can transfer and we're happy to help you do that if you want to get stitched up. And I'm like, well, if there's things to do at home, sign me up. So that's what I did. I did um, seaweed and I did herb baths and herb sprays. And um, I guess those would be the main things for that. Oh, and keeping my knees together yep. for a few weeks and the getting in and out of bed carefully, my knees together. But I healed way better with that than I did when I got stitches. So I tell people, I was like, I thought tearing was the worst thing ever. It really is not the worst. Like, I mean, if you tear really bad, okay, that might be a little worse, <laughs> but it really wasn't that bad. So I said, 
And and we found that I think it's just because I have so much scar tissue from my first birth because they've said that like I controlled my pushing very well. It's just it's just kind of how it goes. So that's okay, but it's really not been that bad. Mm-hmm. I tore with my fourth as well, but yeah, it's just how it is <laughs> yeah. for me. But I'm like all for like mama's first time, like don't deliver on your back. <laughs> You know, yeah. like then it won't like Lord willing, it won't happen. Control your pushing well and Lord willing, it will just stretch and go back and which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So this this is kind of a fun story that everybody loves to hear. So I always have to tell this part. So our house is set up. So we live upstairs. My parents live downstairs. It's a two family dwelling. So my mom, she was always like, Okay, you have to tell me when you're in labor. And I'm like, No, I'm not telling anybody I'm in labor. Like and she's like, well, I want to be able to pray for you. And I'm like, I'm not telling anybody. So I jokingly would be like, I'm going to turn the lights on in the middle of the night and leave them on just, you know, to tease her. <laughs> and so she gets up that morning to go on a walk really early. I forget what time she went. 4.30. They walk at, my parents walk every morning. And our, we had decided that what we were going to do was if the baby came in the middle of the night, we were going to just take our baby monitor for our sons downstairs to her and just leave it on high outside her door. So she didn't have to be woke up, but she would hear them if they need something. So she gets up and sees the baby monitor outside the door and is like, the baby's coming. So she tells my dad, okay, we both can't go on our walk. So I'm going to go first and then, then you can go. So she gets dressed, goes outside, sees the porch lights on, but no midwife. So she's like, oh, so she's running. There's this you that they walk in our housing development. And so she's running the you, comes back around to the you by our house still no midwives she's like Millie only lives five minutes away like so she runs the the you again comes back still no midwives does it again still no midwives she comes in the house and she tells my dad they're still not here like but she had wanted to be the one to cook food for everybody so she's like got a roast and carrots and potatoes in the crock pot and my dad went out for his walk and she's like getting everything ready but she's like why aren't those midwives here yet well about that time I woke up because the baby had been born at one o'clock. So I, you know, midwives are here and gone and I was sleeping. So I wake up 5.30, something like that. And I'm like, can't sleep anymore. So I, I text her and said, do you want to come meet your grandbaby? And she's like, what? I missed it all. So, so, she, so she couldn't wait. She'd come scurrying up here and to, to meet her ba- the baby before my dad even got back. And my dad comes back in kind of puffing not too much later, like he had hoofed it back. And another kind of funny thing is my dad is very safety conscious. The reason they do the U is at the top of the U is a busy road. So he never walks on that road. Well, he was at this side of the U when he got the call that the baby was here. So he comes in and has this sheepish look on his face and is like, I walked on the main road (laughs) to get back So it was just, I have to know my dad. Cause he's just like, he never does that. He sacrificed to get back here quick by walking on the main road. So he got back and they got to meet the baby. And then our sons got up and got to come over and um, meet her. And my son's like, oldest son is like, when did she get here? <laughs> it was just really sweet to have those videos because that's another part, like being at the hospital, they would not have been allowed there because of COVID. Yeah. So it was really neat to be able to have everybody around. And then that was a Sunday morning. So my parents took the boys to the church and then they went and stayed with my in-laws for two days. So that was kind of like our hospital time, you know, where we got adjust and everything by ourselves before they came back. 
home. Okay. So it was, it was a huge blessing. Everybody's like, did you expect to deliver in the shower? And I'm like, no, like I thought I'd want to labor on the toilet. I tried that and hated it. So it's just interesting how every birth is a little different on all that. So I said, no, I never expected to deliver in the shower, but that's where it happened. And it was fine. It worked easy cleanup, but that, yeah. was, that was a benefit. And, uh, something else that is a factor was I got hemorrhoids really bad because after my C-section it's something nobody ever talks about, but like when your pelvic floor and your abs and everything is weakened, especially from a C-section, very common to get hemorrhoids. So I didn't get them right after my C-section, but I got them during my pregnancy with my third and then in delivery, they got to be really bad. Like they were like grapes. Like it was, so those were rough. That was the worst part. Like healing was just sitting on grapes. <laughs> like they hurt. So that yeah. was the the worst thing from that one. So then for future ones, we were like, okay, we're going to try a different delivery position where I'm not pushing right into that area. And I tried some other things as well, but I'm always like, I'll take one for the team and tell you, do what you can do not to get those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they make it hard. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. That was a great story. And that is hilarious about your dad. I mean, how funny is that? He took the main road. <laughs> and then oh and then my mom gets up here and she's like what i have a roast and carrots and potatoes in the crock pot for the midwives and they're gone <laughs> <laughs> so we ate it for supper so it was not put to waste but it was just funny because she was so you know excited about all that so, yeah how cute okay so then how much time goes by until then i meet you at childbirth class at Karen's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So then over that time, I love going to birth group and sharing my story with the, yeah, the ladies there. And yeah, it's just really neat. So I've experienced a lot of different things. So it's neat to be able to share that. And also the journey the Lord took me on to bring me to home birth. Like, it was just like, wow, just all kinds of things. So that was fun. And then I found out I was pregnant again and was like, oh, definitely having home birth. No question. But I always was trying to go into it with hands open, letting the Lord, you know, guide, because it's like, obviously he may have a different plan. That's what my plan was, but that was okay if he ended up needing to transition to the hospital. So I got pregnant again. So right away I was like, I plan to do the same thing again. And this time I decided I wanted to do all of my prenatals at home. Now I don't, I've heard uh, some midwives say they would recommend someone going to the hospital if they're for, or like to a hospital midwife or something for their first, just to kind of get established with somewhere where you're somewhat comfortable in case you have to transfer. And if you, if there's certain tests you want to do, but for us, we decided I just was going to do a hair and tissue sample test this time. And I went somewhere local to get an ultrasound. So I decided not to go into the hospital any, and that was our choice. I'm definitely not saying everybody has to do that, but that was what we chose to do this time. So I had like monthly prenatals with Millie. And I said, it was just, it's just completely different. The, the prenatal at home where it's like an hour long where you get to visit and ask questions and just become comfortable with that person because it's so much of birth is the, the, um, just like I said, the hormones and everything. And then you have all these strangers you've never met there. So having this person that you really comfortable with that I could consider a friend that was really neat and got to ask my questions. I could text her if I had a question that was really neat. 
So the other thing I decided to do this time was do Webster Chiropractic Care. I hadn't done that previously. I'd gone to the chiropractor, but not one that did Webster. So I tried that this time. I'd been told that that could help to uh, minimize tearing. So I was like, sign me up, you know? So but other for other things too. So I started doing that, trying to think other things I did differently this time. That was probably, oh, oh, there is something. Oh, that's my, there's my, the thing everybody's always interested to hear. So I, my biggest downside with getting pregnant was the exhaustion. I've never been super sick, but I've been exhausted. And, but I was like, okay, I have to just leave it in the Lord's hands. We wanted four kids. So I'm like, Joy, you got to get over it. You know, you know, it'll, it'll happen. So three kids and then being exhausted, just hard. So I got pregnant and the exhaustion came. I was like, it was survival from 11 to two every day from, and that, and meals are kind of a struggle for our kiddos. So that was hard. I'm exhausted and trying to get them to eat and until nap time, I was just living for nap time. So that's part one. Then I saw someone online that I follow a natural doctor from Pennsylvania talk about how she makes live raw liver pills. And I was like, that's interesting. So I said, I, I have a package of liver in the freezer, I, a grass fed organic liver from my in-laws cow. I was like, I'm going to try it. So I said, I'm going to do what she said. So you freeze it flat, cut it up into little like pill sized pieces on parchment paper and then freeze them. And then you just swallow them like a pill. Like I can do that. I've heard people say liver was so good for pregnant people, but I hate liver. So I just never ate it. So I was like, but I can do that. I can swallow pills. I always did it with juice because I'm a gagger when I'm pregnant. So just swallow it with juice, but it wasn't hard to get down. So I did it the first day. I get to like noon and I'm like, why do I have energy still? So I did it the next day. And I was like, why? I still have energy. So I had taken two the first day, did three, and ended up taking four consistently. And it was a week. And I was like, I have like twice as much energy. What happened? So I called my midwife and was like, okay, am I making this up? Like, is this just a set mental thing? And she's like, no, she's like, you're not making this up. She said, the liver is the closest organ to the placenta in makeup and nutrients. And so if you're giving your body all the nutrients it needs in that first trimester to make, to develop the placenta, that's what, cause your, your body's working for those nutrients. So you're so tired. If you're giving them directly to your body, you're not going to have to work as hard. And I was like, like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I could tell by 11 a.m. if I forgot to take my liver pills. Like, it was extreme. Now, it's not that extreme now. I still do it. And even through the rest of my pregnancy, I could tell if I forgot for a few days, but I can't tell just on, you know, by 11. Like, but when the first trimester, I could tell you by 11 a.m. if I forgot to take them. They, wow. That changed my pregnancy because just not being so exhausted and, you know, being able to make it to nap time with energy, you know, I still took a nap. It wasn't like I was invincible, but it was just amazing <laughs> how much better I felt. So I have told so many people like do it. They make, they also make dry form. I personally think that the raw works better. I've tried both, but some people just cannot bring themselves to swallow a, a raw piece of meat. So I said, that's fine. And some people I know have cooked it first. They say raw is a little better. And the other thing I should mention, just so nobody just goes home and does it. They do say to make sure you freeze it for at least three weeks after to make sure it kills any pathogens or whatever in there. So make sure people know that. And it's coming from a good source, you know, organic grass fed because the, the liver is a filter. So you just want to make sure it's not, you know, it's come from a good place. 
but yep. they it's it's been amazing and i've been told i've done tons of more research about this and they say it's your best multivitamin you can take not because it has like just tons of iron in it but it has everything else to help the iron absorb because you have to have all the things not just the thing you're short in yeah so anyway so that's been really cool to see how that is just that and i've given it to other friends i'm like you want some and the first trimester people who take it are like, they can feel a night and day difference. Just like me. There's some people who started taking it previous, <clears throat> excuse me, started taking it previously. And so they didn't feel the exact, you know, the exaggerated, but if, if I were to have another child, I'm taking it. I mean, I'm, I take it all the time now, but I would, I would take it before. So I maybe wouldn't feel that such a drastic difference, but I could tell since I needed, I needed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that something amazing. I commonly recommend for my clients to take is beef liver. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, and then the more I've learned about organ meats, it's just really cool how, yeah, how, yeah, how it works so well. Oh. Yeah. So you get pregnant again and you're in childbirth class again. I meet you mm-hmm. and we go through our whole class together and then we each have our babies. When did you have your baby? October 6th. So they're like, okay, so I delivered right before you on September 29th. Yeah. 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 So not too far apart. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's another, I'm sorry, what? Tell us about that one. Okay. So the other um, thing I should mention was during this time of, we were trying to decide who all was going to be at our birth. We, it was Millie, Karen and our doula again. And, um, but this time my sister-in-law who, who is single went along with me to chat to, the birth class or birth meeting, I'm sorry, one time because right after my third birth, because I couldn't carry the car seat. They just were like, eh, so she went along with me. My husband's like, you take someone with you. So she went along and loved it. She's like, this is so cool. So she went with me and she all through that next year and a half. And then when we were talking about the, for our next birth, I was like, you know what? It'd be cool to give her the opportunity to be at a birth if she would like to. So we offered to her if she wanted to be at our birth, she could be. And she was like over the moon excited. She's like, Oh yeah, that would be great. So she ended up taking the childbirth class with me because this time we decided to do the in-person class instead of the online, which is a, is a bit of a drive. Plus it's just hard to have, you know, find someone to watch your kids every week and everything. So my husband kept the kids and her and I went to birth class where we met you. That's who was with you. Yes. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) That's my sister-in-law. Yep. Okay. So we went to class together. And then the other person that ended up being at our birth was a friend of mine was planning to have a home birth in December with her first. And she had asked if I would mind having her at our birth. And we talked about it. We're like, I don't, I don't mind, but like, it's going to be quite a crew. So we're like, you know, that'd be five. So I was like, but I said, at this stage, it's my second home birth, my fourth birth. I was okay with it. I would not have been okay with it with any of my others, honestly. So I said, this one, I'm okay with it and to help someone else learn. And I'm fine with her, of course. So, but the only problem was she lived two hours away. So I said, I don't know, this is going to work out for you to get there in time because I've gone so fast. But I said, you're welcome to come, but we'll see. Cause I said, I hate for you to be halfway here and the baby comes and you missed it. Yeah. So at that point though, so we were planning to have, there'd be five ladies and then my husband at the birth. So it was uh, a week and a half before my due date. I wake up in the morning to go to the bathroom, come back, 
and I was like, felt a little release. And I'm like, oh, I didn't just pee myself because I just went to the bathroom and I had had it happen before. So I'm like, I'm, I think my water broke. So I lay down and tried to sleep, but there's no sleeping at that point. So I start tracking my contractions and they were, they were starting. So I was like, I'm getting up. So I go out, I'm doing dishes. And I called my friend Harmony and said, if you're going to come, you better start moving this way because you have a two hour drive. So she's like, okay. So she gets in the car and starts heading this way. And but the contractions were all over the place. There was no consistency at all. They, you know, they'd be 20 minutes apart and then they'd be five and then, you know, it's all over. And I didn't tell anybody else because I was like, there's nothing happening. Nobody else needs to get up this early. But I did text Millie and say, just heads up, uh, my water broke. So mm -hmm. she calls me like an hour later and she's, or texts me and she said she had got up and she saw my message and she said, go lay down, like conserve the fluid and try to like get, you know, curl a little bit so the baby can get down in the pelvis, open the pelvis, pelvic inlet. So I said, okay. So I go lay down on the couch and somewhere in there, my husband comes out and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, well, my water broke. So, you know, the baby's coming, but nothing's happening. So I figured you might as well sleep. So he said, okay. So he said, do you mind if I go to the office and get some work done? Because nothing's happening and that way he wouldn't have to go later. Cause it was a week and a half early. We weren't like preparing to have the baby that day. So right. I'm like, oh, that's fine. So I'm just laying there, you know, read my birth stories for my other three. Cause that helps me get, you know, in the mental spot. And, uh, <clears throat> so the other thing that was kind of funny is as soon as I, my water broke. I'm like, Oh baby, it's garage sale day. Like we had our plan. My mom and I were leaving the house at eight 30 and we were had our garage sales all mapped out. I'm like, well, there goes garage sailing for today. So <laughs> I'm, I'm laying there and, and then my friend Harmony uh, showed up and she's been to our house before, but always during the day. And I had forgot to turn the light on that porch light. I had unlocked it, but I didn't turn the light on. So she gets there and I text her and I'm like, Oh, just come on in. So she's like, walking into this house where I'm not even sure I'm at the right house, you know, and there's no lights. And she's like, opens a little bit. She's like, hello. Like It was funny. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know, you know, turn the light on. So she got there. And so we're just chatting and, you know, she's like, what's the contraction feel like? So I'm like, okay, hold on a minute. Let, wait till the next one. And I'll tell you. And, and, you know, completely able to talk, you know, it's nothing. So fast forward 6am, I, I call when my husband comes back. I call my doula. I call my sister-in-law. And so I was like, whenever, you know, no rush, you can come and talk to Millie. And she's like, I'll come, I'll come over in a little while. So my sons get up, we or my other kiddos, we eat, get them breakfast. And they're like, what's Harmony doing here? And we're like, you know, you know, I see a grace coming. And, and the other funny thing was we were scheduled to have cement poured that day. So there's the cement workers are outside and my sons were super over the moon about the cement truck coming. So when Aunt Grace got there, Harmony's like, they said, why is Aunt Grace here? Oh, she's here to see the cement truck. <laughs> you know, they thought, oh, okay. So they're outside watching the cement truck with grandma. And my, my husband takes my daughter to other grandma. And we're just, I mean, nothing's happening. I'm just laying there like, okay, this has already been longer than my other, my third birth. And it's nothing's happened yet. So Millie gets here. Cheryl gets here. They do. So they're talking. And so we do the inversion where you kneel on the couch and put your head on the floor, basically. And and did a couple of different things and finish. And I lay back down still nothing's nothing's happening. So Millie comes over and she's like, okay, joy, is there anything like mentally like holding you back? Any fears, anything this that are different? I'm like, I don't think so, but 
you know, we talked through some stuff and she's like, I think we just need, everybody needs to leave and give you some space. I said, okay, so that's fine. So everybody, she's like, I'm only five minutes away. So everybody disperses the whole crew all go their ways. And I go take a shower, have some time in the shower to sing and pray and get out of the shower, do my hair, get dressed. I come out of the bathroom and bam, strong contraction. It was like, boom. And I was like, I told my husband, you got to get Millie back here. <laughs> he was like, bam. So he's trying to find her number and trying to, you know, tell everybody else, come back. So everybody's like trying to get back. And I'm like, I'd almost say I was like in transition. Like it was just bam, hard contraction. So I'm walking up and down the hall, singing and working through them. And so Millie gets back, she checks the heart rate and baby's fine. Of course, she goes back out to the car to get something. And I was just like feeling pushy. And I thought maybe I had to go to the bathroom. So I go in the bathroom and just was like, you know, that your body's just like pushing without you. Like, yeah. and I was like, scream. <laughs> and so they run out and get her and she comes back in and she's like, well, do I, baby's coming. Where do you want to be? And I was like, the only thing I knew ahead of time was I wanted to be on my hands and knees. I wanted to try that to see if I could lessen the hemorrhoids. So I, she's like, why don't you just deliver right here? Cause I said, I wanted to be in the bathroom on my hands and knees. So I said, she put a towel in front of the toilet so I could kneel on it, towel on the lid so I could like lean on it. I had my water right there in front of me. And she, so we get in that position and everybody else is start, you know, coming. And it was kind of interesting for me because I could like hear all the scurrying, like not like loud, but just like, you know, all these people running to get things to get it all there. And so I, uh, my husband was right here so I could have his like his leg. And, uh, so yeah, I started working through the contractions. I felt like I had the most control in that position. I could just, I could tell when it was coming. I could say like, okay, one's coming and, you know, work through it and then it would go away. Uh, just, yeah, it's just very, I liked that position. It was my favorite that I've delivered in. So she, her, her head came out like halfway, like, like the ring of fire kind of stayed longer because her head ha came out halfway and then the, had to wait for the next contraction. So it was like the ring of fire lasted longer for this one. So next contraction, her head came out and then, then she turned and came out and they laid her down on the floor in front of me. And I got to look down and see, I had another little girl, which would have been my choice if I could have picked. I mean, that would have been fine either way, but I just had this overwhelming, like crying emotion. And so they set me back and I got to pick my baby up and, and hold her on my chest. And they think that the reason why my contractions were all over the place was that she was a face presentation because she had scarring or not scars, but like bruises on her forehead and on her eye. So they think that that's why my contractions were all over the place. So once I did the inversion and she was able to come back up and then back in, she, cause she was delivered crown first, like they're supposed to be. So they think that was the reason. So I've said, it's like, well, the Lord gave her a face presentation just so Harmony could get here because if she, if she had gone as fast without that, there's no way Harmony would have made it because from the moment everyone left my house at 9.20 to when they, she was born at 10.20 was one hour. So that tells you like it went fast. Like once, you know, and nothing even happened for the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of that when I was in the shower and it was nothing, no big deal. So yeah. that happened. So then they got us kind of picked up. The placenta didn't come right away. So they just, you know, we all went back to the bedroom and I laid down. It was like maybe 45 minutes later, the placenta came. And this time I was like, it hurt a lot more. Like the contractions hurt uh, a lot more from a placenta. The first time I, 
it, they did not bother me, but it was pretty quick too. Like I said, it was like minutes and the placenta was born. So this time it was, like I said, 45 minutes. And so I was nursing her and I was just looking at pictures the other day and my husband's like rubbing my head. Cause it was just like, I was just, I was struggling a little bit with that. Um, just a different kind of pain, but the, yeah, the surging from the, the nursing and the hormones to deliver the placenta. So then after, after that, we cut the cord and got things cleaned up. We got to call the, you know, my, the family members got to come up and meet, meet her that were here. And because the, the cement truck and stuff was here and all these cars out front, we have pictures, 10 cars in front of our house, plus a cement truck. Cause there's the cement workers and all the five people that were with me for the birth, plus my uh, brother and his wife who were here and just like 10 cars, like in front of our house. Like there was quite the party at the Steiners that day. So it was, and my parents told the cement workers that there was a baby being born in the house. And they're like, really? <laughs> the next day they came to cut the concrete. So I went out to say hi, cause I, I knew them and they're like, what are you doing out here? Like, I <laughs> know what to do with this. Wow. That's so. a great, all those are great stories, Joy. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I should say my hemorrhoids did not get near as bad with that, that delivery position with being on my hands and knees as well, which was something that I wanted. And I had the best recovery that I've ever had. The, I, I got up by myself to go to the bathroom the first night. Like that has never happened with any of my others. Like I couldn't get out of bed by myself. I need, I mean, if I tried hard enough, maybe, but I wasn't going, you know, I didn't have to, so I didn't, but that first night I got up, went to the bathroom by myself. I, I felt really good. I did the herb baths again, like I did with my others uh, twice a day. But we, the other, my other downside when she, I, my water broke was like, oh, we were supposed to have this special singing group at our church that Sunday through the next week. And I was like, I'm going to miss it. Cause all my others, I was, I just, I wasn't up for going anywhere for like a week. Yeah. Well, I felt good. So I went, but I had strict instructions. Like I was supposed to be in my chair and, and I, I tried really hard to be good, but I felt so good. I, it was hard not to overdo it. I had to really watch. I didn't overdo it, but I felt excellent. So I was, it was a huge blessing. And I said, I'm not, not everybody's goes like that. So I was like, <laughs> friends of mine, I'm like, wait, have asked, is that normal? And I'm like, no, none of my others have gone that well. Like, I just felt really good this time. So, yeah. Was, and I, I did tear again, like I said, but a small amount. So I did the same things, seaweed and other things. And, oh, another thing I should mention was because she was a face presentation, they think she got some like fluid into her nose and stuff. So her breathing was not as good as it should have been. And so I was so thankful to have care providers who were really watching that and could, you know, gave her some puffs with the AMU bag and just things like that, just paying attention to that to make sure she was okay. And she was fine then, but those, you know, that's important to me to make sure that, you know, everything's, you know, good. Oh, I, I should say this too. I keep thinking of things. So Karen, yeah. because we, Millie calls her, oh, we're all leaving. You don't need to come because we're all leaving to go home. Well, then, you know, things changed drastically. We never called to tell Karen that things had changed. And so she didn't make it because she's <laughs> a farther distance. So she got there later and she got there in time to check the placenta and all that. And so it was neat to have her there at least for a little bit. But she, they, they all said, they're like, Joy, if that is what a beef liver fed placenta looks like, everybody should take beef liver because it looked so much better than my, my, uh, last one. And the others, I have no idea what they looked like. Cause I never saw them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool. And so many 
really neat points that I think will be great for the audience, you know, like the beef liver and what a doula does and the different classes you went to and just the different experiences that you had. Cause like you said, I mean, you've had everything but an induction basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How so definitely the home births were my favorite, but I've said it's not, it's not for everybody. You have to be a lot more proactive when you're at home, making sure you're staying hydrated because as Karen says in class, dehydration equals hemorrhage every time. (laughs) So she says, so you have to be real proactive to make sure you're staying hydrated and being proactive about the supplies you get and just all that stuff. So it's not for everybody and that's fine. I loved it and I would choose it over and over again for myself. And I, of course, I'm very passionate about it. I'd love if everybody could have that experience, but no, it's not everybody's thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just so grateful for you sharing your stories because they're intimate and they are are just full of so much wonderful things. I mean, it's just so exciting to hear all of this and to share it with so many people. Is there anything else you can think of before we get off? Hmm. Trying to think. I, I think my biggest thing is mamas to do their research and take a really good class. I'd recommend Karen's uh, either online or in person. <laughs> and because that that knowledge is going to give you so much ability to have peace while you're in labor and that that's going to affect you whether you're at home whether you're at a hospital whether you have to have a c-section because the that peace that comes from the knowledge and everything and also i'm very thankful for the the peace the lord gives even when it shouldn't be there so it's been a uh, really great journey and i'm so grateful that i get to share it so thank you so much for having me You're welcome. Absolutely. So if that's it, we'll sign off now. And thank you everyone for listening to the home birth experience. And please leave your reviews and comments and let us know what you want to hear about next time. Until then, everyone stay well.